Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, EJ, we're three days into Shrine Bowl week so far. Seen a lot of practice, done more interviews than I can count at this point. All of those will be up uh, relatively soon-ish. Ish. Ish, uh, whenever we can get them out. Obviously, there's a lot of tape study involved and diagrams and all that kind of stuff. You're going to love the interviews this year. But uh, I'm exhausted. How are you feeling? Uh, Not as exhausted as the previous two days, but that's a low bar. I'm thrilled. This is, we came last year, we had a great time, we made a ton of good content. This year's class, and then we got surprised by last year's class in the draft. Yeah. Like, they had more draft picks that went higher than we'd expected. They made a greater impact to the league. Just saw it. Isaiah Pacheco playing for the Chiefs, taking that team to the Super Bowl. Purdy. Ton of other players. Yep. This class, honestly, even better. And, oh, by far. And that's yeah. thoroughly exciting. Our interviews are better. We're better at this. Um, maybe not managing the personal part, you know, sleep, balance, that sort of thing. But in general, just so charged up to sit down and talk with the guys about ball. They're excited mm-hmm. to be playing again. We're excited to be watching them, to be kicking off this process, to be bringing all the content to you. It's been a really good sort of energizing impossible wonderful time and just psyched to be able to do it there's probably eight to 12 guys that are gonna go top 100 based on my rough estimates i think at this point it's pretty safe to say zay flowers is gonna be a first round pick so we got a first rounder here um and a whole bunch of second and third rounders as well um it was really hard to do this episode very hard to do this episode because we committed to doing five on offense and five on defense and we still sort of missed that goal it was really hard and and to kind of narrow it down to you know that few on each side of the ball because there are so many good players here but uh we got as close as we possibly could (laughs) We're going to start out on offense. Uh, we're kind of going like position by position. You know, the number one guy that we felt stood out at each position, other than tight end, probably. Uh, we just kind of skipped tight end <laughs> to be nice to that position. Honestly, but. we took the tight end spot and turned it into offensive line. And if, that if was... I was going to put one, by the way, honorable mention, uh, Coletto, which is like sort of a tight end fullback linebacker I w- Now, see, I would have a different opinion. I would go Blake Whitehart. So yeah, that's how much talent is here. And something important to note, if somebody didn't make this list, doesn't mean they didn't have a good week. When Brett says it was incredibly hard to create this, we were like, oh, yeah, five offense, five defense. That'll cover it. And each position we were like, but this guy or this guy, how can you leave this guy out? That's how much talent is on the field. And it showed up in every practice. Especially at edge, receiver, and DB, which are yeah. probably the strongest position groups here. Uh, it was it was insanely difficult. So we're going to start out on offense, uh, of course, starting with quarterback, you know, the sexy position that everybody listens for. DTR, uh, I think for both of us, was, you know, the one that stood out the most because you can really see the talent. Um, Aiden O'Connell had some nice moments in practice. We had a great interview with him, by the way. We were mm-hmm. talking to DTR tomorrow. Um, but in terms of, like physical tools right nfl quality physical tools dtr is the guy here for that absolutely and so dtr dorian thompson robinson for those of you not familiar ucla quarterback here at the shrine bowl but also back home which is a super cool story bishop gorman in high school local las vegas kid gets to come home play in front of his family uh all that aside on the field cool composed has a ton of starts understands isn't shaken 
and presents a very modern skill set. Obviously, a very good throw of the football. But when things break down, we had we had his guard here today mm-hmm. talking about man, it's just so fun when things break down watching DTR just tear people apart for things you can't scheme. So he's got those run skills as well. In watching his tape, that's what was refreshed for me was, man, when he takes off, he actually has tools. He can hurt you. He's not a, a, a year one player by any means. He does. He, he needs work, obviously. Um, but also, we saw him in practice a while ago, and he's miles ahead of where he was yep. 18 months ago, right? So who's to say he can't take even more steps? We always say that progression is not linear. Well, for him, it kind of has been so i'm excited to see where he goes in the future i think he's a fun little kind of day three project for uh you know you know the andy reeds of the world you know somebody wants to develop somebody with tools that maybe you could ship off (laughs) as a trade piece later uh the eagles are notorious for doing that hell as a jalen hurts backup you could do a lot worse than him (laughs) that's the thing is i think anybody that has a mobile quarterback that uh really incorporates running from the quarterback position as part of their offensive game plan on a regular basis is going to look at Dorian Thompson Robinson as a backup and say, hey, if our starter goes out, we don't go from 100% of our offense to 50. We go from 100% of our offense to maybe 85. And that's a very attractive prospect as an offensive coordinator to say, we don't lose everything when our running quarterback starter goes out we can bring in DTR and do 75 or 80% of that right off the bat. I think he could be, and this is a weird comparison because he's technically hasn't been a starter before, but uh, the, like the new Tyler Huntley, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Huntley started games, but he hasn't been like the guy. Sure. But also you and I have seen in the past, like, you know, if he had the proper support and a better offensive coordinator, like maybe he could be, right? Um, DTR, I think, has that similar kind of skill set. Yep. Um, to the running back position, Fresno State has a million dudes at this game, and they're all really, really good. Receivers, uh, running back. Um, they have a – well, a quarterback's over at Mobile right now. Interesting that all the skill position guys came here and the quarterback went over there. But um, Mims from Fresno State really has stood out above all the other running backs here so far this week at least. I completely agree. Jordan Mims has been the best running back in three phases. And when I talk about three phases, obviously running back, running the ball. That's the first thing that everybody looks at. Are they elusive? Can they cut? Do they run with power? How's their pad level? Do they make the right decisions? How's their instinct? That's the number one. But running back in the NFL is three phases. You have to catch the ball now, and you have to pass protect. We all know, especially as a rookie, you're not going to get any playing time if you're going to get your quarterback killed. Mims has been the most complete back here in all three phases and arguably has had the top sort of grades in the running category as well. Finished the year incredibly strong, touchdown in the last nine games, Mm -hmm. his bowl game against Wazoo, over 200 yards, two touchdowns, 11.9 per. Just a great way to finish out his college career, finish strong, and he's just continuing that momentum here in Las Vegas. Was he the one, I think it was a Tennessee linebacker, was he the one where they were kind of going back and forth in the past po drills, kind of calling each other out, redoing reps over and over again? I think that was him. It was. He's got that competitive spirit. Most of the running backs here do. He is not, he's never say die. He is not going to give up if he loses a rep. Coaches have certainly noticed that. Scouts have certainly noticed that. But overall, in terms of that ready-to-go day one, he's not going to get a quarterback killed. Yes, he can catch a flare pass on third and short. And, oh, if we run him inside, outside, good size, good pad level, good burst, especially in a straight line. Jordan Mims is the guy that stood out at running back here. I think I got video of it because, you know, it was one of those where, like, the linebacker would a rep and he would get up and be like, no, 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 come back. We're doing that again. And he would win and then – the next go around they got each other again and then it went the other way and the linebacker was like no 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 no, get your ass back here we're doing that again yep. it was really really competitive environment um coldest day today it was like 40 degrees in practice but um it was still a, a really really good competitive um you know team oriented like everybody's there to get each other better right yeah um, and I, I think that that mims has really stood out both as a as a player and as a teammate i really i think we're interviewing him tomorrow right he is on our list for tomorrow and i am excited <laughs> uh getting to receiver speaking of good interviews holy shit an impossible uh, task this was i mean 
honorable mentions, Nico Remigio, also from Fresno State, uh, fellow Modern Day Monarch. What's up? Uh, great interview. We didn't get to talk to his teammate uh, yet. We talked to A.T. Perry. Uh, we talked to Demario Douglas. Uh, there's so, so many guys to pick from. Um, but we have to start at the very, very top. And that's Zay Flowers. He didn't practice the first day. We don't entirely know why, but the story he did tell to somebody else who's doing media here. Again, we're, we're interviewing Zay tomorrow. Uh, but the story that we heard was that somebody's pads didn't arrive in time. So Zay gave his pads to somebody else to practice on the first day so they could get more exposure because obviously Zay knows that he's the dude, right? <laughs> and that him practicing day one wouldn't really matter that much. But he came out in day two, um, and it took one rep in the first drill to realize that he is he's different. And I think it went from, okay, he's probably a second-round pick to, okay, he's probably not getting anywhere near the, the second round. I don't think he gets out of the first round at this point. His separation, explosion, um, vertical burst, hands, routes. Everything. It's just everything. And you see a guy on a field compared to, honestly, when you're talking about 10,000 college football players, you're talking about the top couple of senior all-star games or college all-star games. You know, there's 125-ish guys in each game, right? So you're talking about 250 players out of 10,000. These are all elite athletes, right? Say Flowers comes out on day two, takes about three routes, and you go, yep, that's a dude. He's different. He is at a level that is at this or above, and that sort of borderline, well, he's not the tallest, but it went out the window with... He can separate. He can catch the ball. He's at a, as advertised. He brings return value as well. It's going to be difficult to squeeze him out of those first 31 picks. I, I was sitting in front of a GM on the field, you know, taking my pictures, doing my thing, keeping my ears open, of course. Um, <laughs> I won't say who. But in the one-on-ones after his first rep, the only comments out of that GM's mouth were, that's different. And I think that when you have GMs saying that about you among a bunch of other guys that are going to be in the NFL, you're going first round. The only question is where in the first round. I don't think it was an accident that he's on the Patriots uh, squad. I think that they are heavily looking into what he can do. And I'm, I'm kind of putting him in pencil in New England right now. You don't even have to say, I kind of think. like The Patriots are here in force. Obviously, their entire coaching staff is here. Uh, the Patriots media is here in force. I think more Patriots outlets are here than any other team outlet. Uh, Patriots social is here. <laughs> uh, the amount of focus and concentration and sort of gimme, gimme, gimme for Zay is... They're, they're printing the jerseys already. Man. Unmatched. <laughs> uh, that's a very good pencil in for all your mock drafts if they happen. Um, Zay is interesting. Can't wait to talk to him tomorrow. He is a special player, and it's been fun to watch him compete. Now, we mentioned another interview we did with another wide receiver. We had to kind of swap out the tight end position for another wide out because we yeah. just couldn't. Not. Couldn't. Uh, and that's A.T. Perry from Wake. We were intrigued by the measurables coming in. He was listed at 6'5 by Wake Forest, measuring it at 6'3, which is still obviously plenty tall. Um, 195, so he's, he's thicker than you think. I'd, I'd still want him to add probably five to seven more pounds, get over that 200 mark, but... The thing is, for a big receiver, and he is a big receiver, he's incredibly fluid, agile, just as smooth a mover as you could ask for. And when we interviewed him, and that interview will be up on this channel sometime soon, um, one of the best interviews we've ever done for any position, let alone wide receiver. Incredibly cerebral player, um, how he approaches preparation, you know, all the subtleties of being a receiver. Um, you know, route running ability, catch radius, everything. I mean, he talks like a 10-year vet. And he's 6'3", with good, not great, but good speed. Um, I think he's going to be a real pro's pro and probably an early contributor wherever he goes because he already conducts himself like a professional receiver. Um, I just, I thought he was a joy to talk to, and I, I kind of feel like he's a lock for top 100 at this point. Top-tier receiver, right? top tier size 
top tier tools people will point to the speed yes he's going to run probably in the mid four fives maybe in the low four sixes it it doesn't really matter right because Mm -hmm. of his preparation his intent his nature in terms of every little detail from his own physical preparation to his mental preparation to studying opponents tendencies looking at leverage foot placement on the db there are very few wide receivers in the nfl that have that level of locked in dialed in i'm going to take every advantage i'm going to think about all this i'm going to modify my approach based on what i see in a sort of dynamic sense great hands one of the things i love about him on tape catches the ball away from his frame doesn't matter where it is talk to us at length talk to us for like five minutes about his catching drills right Mm -hmm. i did this with jugs i did this over the shoulder last summer because i wanted to get better at the at the sort of over the shoulder ball so i didn't have to turn i know i could jump up and catch it but i don't want that i want to continue my momentum like just a fascinating receiver to talk to liked him before we talked to him loved him after we talked to him I know he's going to be somewhere around four five five. I don't think he's going to hit four six. I think he will be about four five five. And all I'm telling myself is DeAndre Hopkins ran four five seven, and it was a very similar play style. Right? It's about nuance, body control, ball skills, being a really good route runner. Um, it, like that is generally what wins in the NFL. I remember Daniel Jeremiah. This was years ago, but DJ put out. Um, he like he looked at like the top ten to fifteen receivers average by production. And yes. like, what's their average forty? And their average forty was four five four. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't necessarily need great speed no. um, to be like an electric playmaker. What you need is to be a good route runner that can catch the fucking ball. And, and, he, has, and he can do that. And he has every other tool, right? Yeah. He's got height, and he plays big. He uses his hands, catches the ball away from his frame, which, again, extends that catch radius. Excellent route runner, technician, mental student, film studier. Like, every possible advantage. He already has it, and as a guy coming out of college, we can't tell you how rare that is. We've talked to a lot of college receivers. Very few have approached the game at his age like he does. No, and the only one I would have to say is another guy in this All-Star game, Nico Romijo. He's the same kind of guy. Wasn't on, wasn't on the field, but will start at return specialist, guy out of Fresno State, and will very quickly ascend to a wide receiver three in the NFL because he has the very similar cerebral approach, adds in the physical, electric playmaker. Like Those are the guys that are going to come in, make a difference, stick, go to multiple rosters if they have to just really really talented receivers super impressive guys to talk to apparently he was the fastest receiver here to get to 32 uh, interview requests (laughs) which you know multiple other guys did as well but like he would like literally day one every nfl team wanted to talk to nico remigio um partly because he's a really good receiver and partly because he's an amazing return man so uh, I, I don't know where he's going to go because it's, it'll be a it's little bit lower based on size and and production. But the role, though, is pretty valuable. So that kind of balances out to 100 percent agree that he will get his shot in the NFL because of his returnability, which is electric. But some NFL team is just going to get that bonus of having a number three slot receiver. That's incredibly tough to cover. Um but also, again, his approach, right, started at Cal, ended up at Fresno. People say, oh, why did his receiving production drop off as a senior? Well, they had Jalen Cropper, too. So. Yeah, they had Jalen Cropper. Jay Kaner was his quarterback. But, yeah. again, coach left and went to Washington. There's a lot of things there. But those two guys, Nico and A.T., fascinating interviews, bring an incredible depth coming out of college to the receiver position. Loved it. Loved them both. Uh, now, finally, we had to get to offensive line, and this one was also pretty tough because we talked to multiple centers, and we love talking to centers because we, <laughs> we can talk about protections and everything like that, um, but we, we we settled on two guards that we wanted to highlight. Again, we, we tried to get to five, but we're at six. Sorry. Uh, first one being Chandler Zavala from NC State. Mm. He was the other half of that 
dynamic, destructive duo with uh, Iki Aquanu last year, um, still left guard this year. Amazing mover at his size. I, mean, I was watching tape and I was, I was putting together like cut ups of, you know, all their outside zone runs. His ability at his size, and he's pushing over 320, if I recall correctly, Easily. in this measurement. Like his ability to reach a shade is rare. Oh. It's incredibly rare. Uh, just an amazing run blocker in his own system, but also he has the size and the power. That I think if you want him to wash people down on a gap run, he could do that too. Oh, and by the way, he can pass protect. Um, I think he's been the best O-line here. You know, at any position group between tackle, center, guard, I think he's been the best one. And also a really, really good interview. We talked to him too. Very smart player, cerebral player, uh, tough player. (laughs) His attitude kind of came through a little. Like he does not, uh, he does not suffer fools, which is what we love in an offensive lineman, right? Nope. Um, I think Chandler Zavala is going to be. One of these dudes, I don't know where he's going to go, but typically the guard sweet spot historically is like somewhere in the middle rounds, like third to fifth. He's going to go somewhere in there and probably start sooner rather than later. It's going to be third. Wouldn't <laughs> I'm doubt telling it. you. Wouldn't doubt it. On the way into this game, I reached out to multiple sources I know that also scout in various capacities, media teams, any other number of the folks. And multiple folks said keep your eyes on channel Vala. and i was like okay <laughs> i'll do that and i'd sort of asked hey who's that middle round player that's probably going to get picked later than they should start sooner and stay in the league six or seven years just kicking ass multiple people said chandler's your guy after watching this week of practice i believe it <laughs> it's that third round like you're right yeah. third to fifth is the round for guards it's third for him he's got power sand in the pants he's played all five positions in our interview you could tell when we asked like who's the who's the guy that gave you the most trouble it would i wouldn't say he gave you the most trouble but like this guy taught me some things. Nobody ever likes to admit somebody gave them trouble. That's what I'm not funny that about guy, it. especially. <laughs> Next day at practice, yeah. he ends up playing right guard because uh-huh. we asked, "Hey, have you always been a guard? Have you always played on one side? What's it like to switch sides?" We ask him all those questions. Next day at practice, sure enough, he gets swapped to right guard. I see him after practice. I'm like, "Hey, Chandler." He's like, first time I've played right guard in like four years." I was like, "You wouldn't know it." He's like, "I told you," and I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, you did." Honestly, he said, it's not that big of a deal. I can go this way. I can go that way. I've played that way. I've played outside. He has power. His speed. He's good pass blocking. He's massive in run blocking. This is a guy you want on your team. Yeah, I I don't entirely know how high he's going to go, but it's it's higher than people maybe watching this were expecting. A hundred percent. And that's kind of been the general thing theme of Shrine Bowl is we got here and we're like, okay, let's check this guy, check this guy, (laughs) check this guy. And we're like, oh, how do you fit them all in? This is kind of from a macro perspective before we get to Antonio Maffi, from a macro perspective, you know, I feel for a long time, it's been like, okay, Senior Bowl's like Senior Bowl and then Shrine Bowl's like the next tier below. It's not that way this year. Like the gap is, I struggle to call it a gap, truly. Like it's it's the same level of talent. It really is. It's really close this year, and we came in, and certainly name recognition, slightly lower for the Shrine Bowl, but on-field production, having stood out there for now three of four days, watching them compete against, again, some of the top 250 players out of 10,000 in the country, it's difficult to look at them and go, oh, they're worse. Yeah. It's the closest I've ever seen these two events. And obviously, there are some position groups that I think are better here. There's some position groups that I think are better in Mobile. 100%. But the fact that it's a pretty even split, credit to Eric. Like, he's recruited his ass off this no, year. No. All credit to Eric Galco, Shane Coughlin, the director of scouting. They've done an incredible job bringing talent here to Las Vegas to compete. Um and it's not just us. You might think, oh, well, you get access to the Shrine Bowl, so it's a bias. Sure, we get tremendous access at this event. But we're not and the only... Every media... That's the thing. is like it's Everybody gets these interviews. Every it's not media, just us. And it's not just media. Like, I talked to a couple of agents yesterday, mm-hmm. and agents said the same thing. 
Mm, shrinking. It's yeah. not really noticeable anymore as to which game folks go to when you go out and you watch players like you do on this list. It's, that's top competition, <laughs> period. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by ButcherBox. You could take the guesswork out of buying high-quality meat and have it delivered right to your door from ButcherBox as often as you want it. All of their beef is 100% grass-fed, they have free-range chicken, wild-caught seafood, and pork-raised crate-free. You can get a variety of box plan options, from curated to customized, so you can get the exact type of cuts you want. And for me personally, I got an all-beef box myself, and just from that box alone, I got a really nice strip loin that I seared up with some pancetta Brussels sprouts. I got a flat iron steak that I made some chimichurri with on the side, because I love chimichurri. I also got some ground beef that I used to make dirty rice as kind of like a quick meal prep option for lunches throughout the week. And I also whipped up some Cajun rub sirloin tips with potatoes on the side for me and my wife for yet another dinner. And on top of all that, I still have another pork tenderloin, another chuck roast, and two more top sirloins to work with in the freezer for whenever I get back from Shrine Bowl next week. So it's, it's quite a lot of food, if we're being honest. If you're a meat lover like me and EJ, but you don't want to have to deal with going to the butcher shop to get high-quality cuts to work with, and you just want it delivered easily and quickly, check out what ButcherBox has to offer. ButcherBox has a special offer running for our listeners where you can use my code BOOTLEG to get $20 off your first box. Sign up at ButcherBox.com bootleg and use code BOOTLEG to get $20 off. Thank you again to ButcherBox for sponsoring today's video. And with that, let's get back to it. Uh, all right, getting to our last offensive player, Antonio Mafi. Uh, you know, our friend Coach Vass was ironically his nose tackle in high school slash defensive end, if you can believe he was a defensive end at one point. Um, and then, you know, switched over during his college career to guard because he was a good nose tackle, but an NFL guard is, is how it was described to me. Yeah. Um, really, really talented kid. Yeah. And you want to talk about anchor, the quads on this dude. He could squat a house, I swear to God. <laughs> Bet he has. And you watch him in the one-on-ones, like, if somebody... People tried bowls on him for, like, the first day, and then figured out, mm, okay, can't run through him. Nah. Try to run around him, get his hands in the chest. Can't, can't do that either. By day three, today, he still wasn't losing reps, but, like, I, I don't know what else you throw on him. Like, he's, he's really smooth for his size. Like, obviously, he's not... He's not, like the greatest mover but most guards aren't um you know most guards are playing guard for a reason and not tackle but for what you want from a guard which is you know at least be balanced um you know have power so that when you get your hands on somebody they're not going anywhere and be able to at least move in that kind of six yard box right so that you don't lose the edge against like a four eye or something like that he can do that i don't think he's like an elton jenkins that can like kick out to tackle and be fine mm -hmm. most guys aren't but I think he's a starting guard in the NFL. I really do. He's got Im immense power, like truly immense power. And as a run blocker, that's where the short area quickness, I think, shows up. Even better than when he's in a pass protector. When he's going forward, he's quicker than when he's going backwards, which is interesting. Um, but, like, you see some of the, the tape when they're running, like, wide zone. And he's, like, getting out in space, tracking down linebackers. You're like, okay, he can move. Um not like the same as again say like a first round guard but he's also another one of these guys that's going to go third to fifth round and end up starting games and be pretty damn solid for a third to fifth round player like there's a lot of them this year and he's one of them he's going to end up going in that range but he's also going to end up starting for a long time i think so too yeah, yeah short area power watching him in combo blocks it almost feels like unfair yeah like he, the, the movement he generates why'd is... you do that like <laughs> you could have done that with one but with two that's just mean um we asked him you know would you rather stay would you rather pin or would you rather be the puller puller i want motion i want to i want a head start on that linebacker um great teammate great observer of the game in terms of adjustment all the sort of nuanced calls that have to happen on offensive line, not above him at all, um, just makes him that much better. Adding that thought in and understanding role, what everybody else is doing on the offensive line, then being able to execute with power. 
great, great player. Another player we had a heads up on coming in here, like watch Mafia guard. Like he's a born guard. He's going to get drafted at guard. He's going to excel at guard. Yes, yes, and yes. Pretty much the only thing he has to work on, which isn't a lot. The only thing he has to work on, like when you look at all of his pressures given up, it's like late ad rushers on a, on a pressure package or like a late looper coming on a three-man game or something like that. And he'll be like a hair late to get there. Um, but that's a pretty easy fix. You yeah. know, like <laughs> that's coachable. It's folks. coachable. Like that's just about like, you know, getting better with in terms of scanning with your and eyes. He's a coachable guy, he right? Really is. He His really is. attitude is so offensive line, mm-hmm. right? To, to put a pin in it. it is, he is of a piece. We are as good as our five. Our communication is key. It's a we, not me. Like, just the kind of guard you really want on your football team. If you miss out on Zavala, he's he's like the mid-round guard I'm targeting. 100%. Probably. Uh, all right, flipping it to defense. Uh, this one was probably even harder than offense just because the edge class here is nuts and the DB class ain't far behind. Um, we left out linebacker not because you know we don't necessarily – like all the linebackers we left that linebacker because we just couldn't not fit in two corners but we'll get to them in a little bit uh we're going to start off with uh defensive tackle mm. your ohio state guy that you fell in love with uh i don't know five minutes into being here yeah jerron cage has shown an immense amount of impact here it doesn't really matter who you line him up on or what technique he has to use. He's shown every ability. He's shown long arm and the ability to stand people up and push them in run protection, keep the other arm open for the gap. He's shown the ability to sort of dip and rip and get by people really quickly. He's shown just pure aggression in any kind of disruption in the backfield. And we all know interior pressure is one of the pressures that quarterbacks really hate. More of um, a penetrator than a tree stump, I would say. Yeah, yeah he's not the guy that's going to stand up, but he can stand up a half for sure. And by the way, he might be in the backfield three yards saying hello yeah. and does that fairly often. Um, honorable mention. Kobe Turner. That's my. That's who I was gonna pick. Like, yeah. if we're gonna get to six to match offense, like my interior guy is Kobe Turner. Our honorable mention has to be Kobe Turner as a pure penetrating three. I don't think there's a better player here. Incredibly cerebral, but also wildly physically capable. Won most of his reps this week. Both of those guys as interior defensive linemen are gonna go very high. And we talked to Kobe. We did a, a lengthy interview with him uh, first day we were here. Um, and he's one of the smartest players here at any position. Like, really, really cerebral. And that's kind of the theme that I think we've we've learned from our, our time interviewing defensive linemen is, like, they're kind of the one of the smartest groups on the field if we're talking about, like, all the different Honestly, stuff they have to read. they have to counter offensive linemen. And yeah. offensive linemen are typically some of the smartest guys in the room. Mm-hmm. They have multiple adjustments. They have to, again, work together. They have to anticipate what's coming at them. And defensive linemen, rightfully so, are going, well, if I'm going to chess match those guys and beat them, I've got to do that at their own game. And that means that they have to come up and say, well, if they're going to do this, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's that constant sort of push and pull. And Kobe's a great example of that. Super interesting guy, you know. Spent time at Richmond. Was wearing his Richmond Spiders helmet. At yes, he was. Yes, he was. Uh, came out of Wake. He transferred to Wake. Got his master's in music there. Um, you know, composes his own music. Um, just a, a whip smart dude with tons of physical talent. If you guys liked the Thomas Booker interview last year, uh, he ended up going to the Texans. I think in the fifth round. Kobe is just as good of an interview, and I think he might actually go even higher to be honest from a physical talent and thomas was super talented for sure he tested yeah his combine was top five of all interior defensive linemen um i don't know if kobe's gonna test that well but in terms of who you're getting as a player hard to look away from turner and he he had more splash plays on tape at least yeah and jerron cage i think just one of those guys high profile school a bit underrated 
which is weird for an Ohio State defensive lineman because they're kind of like a D-line factory. I mean, they uh, coach Larry Johnson's the Ohio State D-line coach, and he's a legend, mm-hmm. absolute legend, one of the greatest defensive line coaches to ever live, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to the the pass rush department. Like people always say, like, oh, the you know the Bosa swipe move for sure. That's Larry Johnson, yeah, like, that's his. That's that he teaches that to every single Ohio State defensive lineman. Uh, you know, Chase Young does it. Uh, uh, who's the kid in Denver? Uh, Draymond Jones. Yep. He does it too. Like that's that's the Ohio State swipe move to me. It's the Larry yeah. Johnson swipe move. <laughs> it's the Larry Johnson swipe move. Um, but he's you know he learned from the master. He's a really really good player. Uh, they were actually two Ohio State interior defensive linemen. Teron Vincent, just as a, a throwaway mention, son of Troy Vincent, was here in house. Um, former five star, by the way. So, yeah, we have. Uh, it's it's been kind of interesting seeing everything from Ohio State to Ferris State on the same field, but uh, very interesting mix, and they've all been really good. Uh, all right, getting to edge, even deeper than the interior group here, might be the deepest group out of any position group. This one we had a pretty furious debate because, again, honorable mentions: uh, Caleb Murphy from Ferris State. Caleb been great. Murphy has been unreal this week uh jose ramirez one of my favorites you know led the nation in sacks um i think he was defensive player of the year conference defensive player of the year for him at Eastern interview Michigan. with him coming on the channel as well very good interview um you know super versatile pass rusher that wins with every single move bj thompson is not a refined player whatsoever but holy shit He's an athlete. 6'5", 240, 40-inch 40 vert, 11'3 in the broad, runs 4'4". Great interview, by the way. Great kid. Um, you know, raw, obviously, but is super coachable and has unbelievable tools. And if you give him to Chris Kosurik with the 49ers, <laughs> he will turn him into a super weapon. He is unbelievably gifted. And, like, every time in drills like you can see the gifts. He's he's going to go top 100 BJ well. Thompson against skill players is the ultimate mismatch so they have edges going against tight ends and running backs he whooped them relentlessly he struggled more against the offensive linemen but against skill players bj thompson is not fair like vegas wouldn't issue odds on that (laughs) yeah he's he's really fun um he'll go top 100 just on tools alone and the fact that he's a really good kid um again not sure where in the top 100 but somewhere in there i think um but in terms of the edge class that went out above all those guys yasir abdullah you know the 6-1 nightmare from louisville hybrid off ball linebacker slash edge uh did another interview with him he's really really fun to talk to um He's won probably 90% of his reps, both at off-ball and edge so far this week. Nobody's been able to block him at all. Um, He's flashed some coverage skills, especially on tape. Had a crazy, ridiculous interception, I think against Pitt. Versus Pitt, correct. Um, Where he like literally carried the Z receiver off motion down the boundary and then armbarred him and then intercepted the ball. As an off-ball linebacker, oh, and by the way, he had like 55, 60 pressures this year. Yasir Abdullah is that guy, guy that is incredibly dangerous going forward, uh, not only in sacks, but a lot of, he's a TFL magnet, had a ton of TFLs in college. And you see him do things um, that other edges do, but just that much better, right? Mm-hmm. Chasing down, backside three cut, like, but normally that's just a chase and run him into the pressure. No, he makes the tackle. <laughs> right? He catches him from the catches the running back from the backside. Let that sink in for a second. And then, oh no, I'm gonna carry a receiver down the boundary. Twenty-five yards, arm bar him, turn around, blot out the sun, and make the pick because <laughs> You'll see the interview, but he's just like, oh, it's time to play defensive back. That's an edge (laughs) saying it's time to play defensive back. And his own defensive back on his team, Keetrell Clark, who we interviewed today saying, nah, that's my dog. I went up to him after that saying that's the way you do it. (laughs) Like, this is the sort of hybrid talent level you're getting out of Yasir and tremendous interview. You'll see his skills on tape when you look at him just flashes everywhere forward backward sideways he's there making plays making impact it's not an accident he's gonna go higher than people think 
I, I got a video. I don't know if you saw it uh, when he threw the coach to the ground because he for, whoops he <laughs> forgot to stop on the drill and he literally just finished the sack and whipped him to the ground. I got a video of it. I'll, I, I'll throw it up. I saw you giggling about that. We all giggled about that. There were not that many people at practice <laughs> today, but he ended up interacting with the coach that was holding the ball, uh, simulating the quarterback, and he forgot to pull up and whip the coach to the ground. Um, you know, whatever. Hard to unteach. A little bit more than a love tap. But yeah. yeah. You know, it's, I, I would rather, uh, you know, what's the thing? I'd rather, rather coach it out of him than coach him into it. Well, you know, forgiveness, <laughs> not permission. Yeah. Um, all right. Getting to corner. We, we chose two because, again, really, really hard to pick here. Honestly, um, we could have had four. We could have had four. And, and we, we talked to tech kid, Murphy. Um, who's you know big, lengthy, long outside? Corner. Really hard not to include him here. Uh, you'll see the interview with him has had a tremendous week. Do not mm-hmm. think his exclusion from this list means he didn't do well. He did exceptionally well, and we just had to pick the cream of the cream. Uh, and the first one being Keetrell Clark, also from Louisville, back-to-back Louisville players. He's probably going to be the highest drafted DB here. You know, some people would say Hodges Tomlinson, but Hodges Tomlinson measured in like 5'7", 175, so I don't know about that. Uh, but Keetrell Tar- Clark, in terms of like guys who could play a similar role to Hodges Tomlinson, but more? <laughs> like he had a pick today when he was in press coverage, and you know, it looked like so natural to him, even though he profiles more as a nickel. He can play outside if you really want him to. Um, he's a nightmare on screens. Like he's so good at coming downhill. Like he's got really good footwork and off coverage. We talked to him about that today in terms of like, you know, he's one of those guys who doesn't really need a T step to stop and restart. Like he can just bicycle pedal and go. Um, really, really versatile player. Again, another top hundred pick here. I think different teams will see him differently depending on if they see him as an outside guy, inside guy, maybe safety because he can tackle um just a fascinating evaluation yeah he can play nickel he can play outside uh you know any team that's going to a three safety package which is everybody these days in dime mm-hmm. you got a guy that can trigger forward explode any sort of jet sweep swing pass whatever that's his bread and butter incredibly cerebral as a corner we talked to him about why did you trigger why did you blow up this particular play showed him the play and he's like look there's two big guys outside that aren't normally outside the receiver is half a step deeper than the receivers normally are i see that i know it's coming to my side i tell my safety behind me phil i'm going that level of thought tape study and then the physical explosion to split those blockers and blow that guy up for tfl um you see it all the time on his tape tons of impact really really good player a player that has ascended this season some of the preseason grades on him were in the sort of 200 250 range for draft pick if you don't have him right now in the top 100 i'm not sure what you're doing based on his tape he ascended that far he's continued that momentum here at the shrine great interview great player training down at exos in pensacola seems like everybody is now <laughs> well they have a great class there caleb murphy's there as well but it, it's this is a guy that's going to be able to contribute to your football team with as many multiple db packages as current nfl teams play immediately there was another corner that popped for us more of an inside guy than an outside guy i think that's pretty defined right he's going to be a nickel especially based on size um and that's starling thomas the fifth very rare you see a fifth on it's there. true very rare you see uh, fifth. starling tom and the uh, starling thomas the fifth from uab so we're going from louisville to uab um you you would not tell that he's a uab kid from how he took on all comers like even <laughs> zay flower zay flower is gonna be a top 20 ish pick probably and he specifically was like i want you and he held up he really did like he held up like he's a just incredibly tough kid um built like a brick shit house like for a nickel corner like he's thick right but moves way better than you expect for somebody who's built like him like the the stocky shorter guy um but he's thick enough to make me think that he could hold up against the run pretty well which as a nickel is pretty important right a lot of the nickels have to be able to tackle and fit the run he can do that but also if you give him a two-way go of man coverage he's quick enough to hold up there too so i'm a 
big fan of Starling Thomas. Um, probably a day three guy as a nickel, um, just because of the nature of the position. But he's gonna start somewhere because nickels are really important, and finding a good one is really hard to do. Yeah, he's a great interview. This is a good kid in terms of football intelligence in terms of that want to which is incredibly important at the nickel position got to be able to go forward tackle be tough he showed that in spades this week like he's taken on everybody no quarter doing like four reps in a row right yeah. gimme gimme <laughs> no i'm not leaving like next guy up every time he lost a rep he lost a few reps today in the rain he was Frustrated. Uh, one of them, uh, we we were up there. We I think we had a better angle than the ref. The ref called it complete for a touchdown. That was that. It was not, it was yeah, a but PBU. he was. It was a PBU. He was angry. Oh, every yes. time. No, man. <laughs> no, that's not right. He wants to win every rep. He wants to be better. He wants to understand. It's not that he believes he deserves it. Like he is willing to work for every bit of it. Very humble kid. Alabama beginnings believes that doesn't matter where you play your talent will show through and he has showed that this week he is back down from nobody and he has made way more plays than he's missed super tough kid extremely excited about his prospects in the league in terms of money made he's <laughs> he's among the top he's guys, up there right? we were not expecting to be like oh we're talking to you about starling Thomas. we are absolutely talking to you about starling thomas he is he is a player rounding it out here with safety A.J. Finley from Ole Miss. Um, very interesting profile, right, in terms of physical profile. Yeah. 6'2", as a safety, mm -hmm. who can move like that, got three picks in practice yesterday, doing a variety of different things. Like, yeah, you know, that as, was... As a curl dropper, over that the was, top. That like was everything. the thing. Mm-hmm. He popped off yesterday. So uh, there was some attention being paid to him, certainly because of his size profile, where he played, SEC profile. He's played against oh, everybody. Everybody. everybody because that's where all the playmakers that you love in the NFL have come from. He's played against all of them, basically. And then yesterday pops off with three picks, right? Undercutting one, grabbing a tip from a teammate on another one, ends up with a third pick for the day ridiculous in an all-star game setting to come up with three picks in a day shows speed physicality obviously has the size talked to him today in an interview is a cerebral player uh came from mobile alabama as a high school player has played against who's who you name them mm -hmm. you know chase jefferson like Judy, Devonte, uh, really the entire Alabama receiving core. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Traylon Burks at some point, right? It's yeah, for saw. sure. It's in the SEC. Just a fascinating player, and then has that sort of pop off day. Three picks in a day, tons of concentration. Go back and take a look at AJ's tape. Like he is a fluid mover at six two, which is not common. Not common at his size to have the amount of fluidity he has asked him about going forward and tackling versus playing the sort of single high safety which was the sort of predominant meta at old miss he said Meh. either like cool going and pass coverage but i'm i'm really happy to be able to at the line and press people hit people um just a super versatile db which is sort of <laughs> carte blanche in the nfl right write your own check I was trying to think of like, okay, what what would his role be? Because you know, he's not going to be one of the top safeties drafted. Because no. in terms of like burst and speed and everything like that, like he's he's not there. Uh, at least on tape, he's. Not, I don't know what he's going to test, but at least on tape, because I was going through it, and I was like, okay, he's good mover, not great mover, right? Sure. Um, so I was trying to think. I'm like, okay, with his size and tenacity and intelligence, like, what's he going to do? I think of J. Ron Curse. You know, somebody who, again, similar... Well, J. Ron's bigger, even. J. Ron's fucking massive. But in terms of that kind of role, right? Like, the, the bigger safety, where it's like, your job is to go stop tight ends, and when we're in our three safety packages, we need to be able to put... Like, if we need to rotate you deep to play the post for a few snaps, we need to know you're not going to shit your pants. He's obviously <laughs> not going to shit his pants, right? He's got good ball skills. So, I think that kind of, like, J. Ron Curse-ish type role as the other guy the specialist right 
plus special teams ability. Um, that's kind of what I see for him, which is a valuable player in today's NFL. Hundred percent, and I would I would stipulate today's J. Ron Curse, not the rookie, not, not the one, not before, the rookie yes, J. Ron Curse, because I had very high hopes for J. Ron Curse. He came in, and again, progression not linear. Came in, took a sort of a sag, and again has a sort of ascended under Dan Quinn. That J. Ron Curse, yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. Very valuable player in today's NFL. Uh, again. Maybe not a name you know. Something we pride ourselves here on at Bootleg is bringing you names maybe that are just under the sort of fold that you might not know about. You're going to know about him, uh, whether it's his combine performance, his draft stock, or where he is in two years. AJ is going to make a difference. That was 10, well, technically 12 <laughs> uh, players that stood out. We could have done another 12 very easily easily very i would the liberty kid um demario douglas i really want to get to at some point this draft season i know we will jackson state receiver Uh, i mean this edge and that edge and we we named a lot of people as sort of honorable mentions there's just dripping talent here we didn't even get to some of the big school guys moro jomo Mm -hmm. uh from texas uh dewan jameson was our first interview coburn's been even better than ojomo you know just all over the board there is talent here we're just picking a few trying to get you an update of hey we've seen this over the first three days plenty more content to come all of these interviews we've referenced coming out can't wait yeah it's gonna be uh one hell of a draft season, I can already tell. Because if there's this much talent here, there's the same amount of talent over Mobile, which we'll get to at some point. We have to watch the practice tape over there because we're not there. Um, and then all the underclassmen, you know, Lucas Van Ness, Jalen Carter, like it, all the quarterbacks. We, we're going to have to talk about the quarterback. We're going to be going to pro days, like, you know, watching Gonzalez up at Oregon. We're going to have a few special guests. A few special guests. Like, there, there's this draft class is. <laughs> like last year was nice this year is awesome yeah. and i really can't wait we have a we have a very very jam-packed three months coming your way nice to start it here at the shrine bowl once again uh one of my favorite events of the year one of my favorite weeks of the year could not uh you know possibly thank eric galco more for for yeah. for you know giving us i don't know this entire environment unlimited to- <laughs> access yeah it's, it's been an amazing week and uh all right from here we, we got a super bowl to talk about so that'll be the next show that we got coming out uh i don't know sometime in the next four five days we have a whole bunch of research to do on the chiefs and the eagles but uh for the other 32 or 30 fan bases uh you know more draft content as well coming your way so thank you for sticking with us we'll be back in a few days with something and uh until then later Take care.